Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com SLM. There you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title free, and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com SLM and get started now. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 81, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. When you're at the restaurant and they have the tray of all the fake dessert. Baseball, Ben, what's going on, man? Oh, I forgot about that. What a dessert tease that is when you walk in and it's like wax food or whatever. Why were you talking about fake dessert? I don't know, man. I There was probably a good reason, but there was just as likely a really dumb reason. It's kind of gotten to the point like 81 of these shows plus everything else we do. Like it, you just start losing track of the shit you talk about. Like people bring things up to me all the time and I just start laughing. I'm like, did I really say that? That's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure no, I did. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's interesting because 81 episodes in, um, we have a bit of a labor situation we need to talk about. Are you aware of this? Tell me more. So today we are recording this on the celebration of Labor Day here in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And our third host, the great Sambino, is out. I heard mm-hmm. rumor that he started a union and he's currently getting together a picket line to take down Sensibly Loud Media. Let me tell you something unionization will not happen in this shop i will shut the fuck down we will we will blow the whole company up and go start sensibly loud media too if we have to slightly more sensible loud media (laughs) would it be the too like the limited two back in the day or exactly okay yeah that's good yeah i think that's what it would be yeah no that 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 makes a lot of sense but uh i i think he's a company guy though right is he yeah he's a company guy he he can't be bribed with wax dessert and fake food and all that. No, and I'll, I can tell you one thing. I've known Sam a long time. He's definitely not a union guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think so, unions make a, a sense in a lot of different situations, but what we do is probably not it, and I can't imagine he'd want to take that stand. That's fantastic. <laughs> anyway, amazing. the greatest of all known Sam Binos will not be joining us today, but he most assuredly will be missed. He will. He'll be back next week. He, I think he traveled out to California this past week. I want to say he caught a baseball game or two. I don't really know. I haven't really talked to him, but I'm hoping that he managed to to make that Giants game happen. I think that's what he was talking about, right? Yeah, he was talking about trying to catch a San Francisco game in San Francisco, which would be really cool. Um, so, yeah, we'll definitely have to ask him when he gets back. Speaking of travels, aren't you heading out to a baseball city sometime very soon? I am. I'm going to go to Atlanta to see the great Sambino, speaking of the devil, and I'm also going to go to a Braves playoff game awesome that's fantastic so i've been thinking a lot about this i feel like it's gonna be absolutely electric out there like i feel like the energy is gonna be glowing because atlanta aside from the fc team kind of to say like sam's talked about this a lot there hasn't been a lot of winning teams out there in general and like whenever the braves were really good back god how long ago was that now probably 10 15 years ago are you talking about the early 90s team with like Maddox no, and all that? No, no, not that early. But they've been decent since then, haven't they? Yeah, I think there was one swell maybe in the like 08, 09, 2010 range where I think they made the playoffs. I feel like a real asshole for not knowing this because I didn't follow baseball as a whole as much back then as I did now, as I do now. So No, I get it. I couldn't know. even tell you who all was in the major league in 2006, oh, yet man. alone who won the World Series. We'll have to go back. I think in the offseason we were talking about this. We wanted to go back and look at some of those maybe forgotten players that we love that just maybe don't have the name recognition and the notoriety that that others do. I think those are definitely worth revisiting. Absolutely. Uh, to move a segment around, speaking of players that we love, did you happen to catch the news out of Arlington about what happened with Michael Young? No, tell me more. So Michael Young, uh, infielder, I say infielder because he played damn near everything, infielder for the Texas Rangers, had his jersey retired by the organization uh, on Saturday night. I'm glad that they did his after Hamilton's and not before. Really? Yes. Tell me more. Because I don't. I wouldn't want that to be overshadowed. We've talked about this already a lot. 
I just oh. I don't think that Hambone belongs in the first place. I think it's an insult to the organization. I get why they did it, but I think it's a I think it's just kind of a middle finger to people like Michael Young. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that he belongs. I don't know if they're officially putting him in the Rangers Hall or if this is just a oh, this a was jersey. just a jersey retirement. But I think that's like the next step because I want to say that Beltre they did his. Now it's Michael Young, but a lot of the guys that he played with in the. 10 and 11 season, whenever they went to the World Series, they were all at Globe Life Park. I mean, you're, you're uh, David Murphy's. Um, Greg Gentry's. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a hell of all, a supporting cast on that team. Absolutely, because you got your bit players to to play a part, you know? And even your not-bit players like Beltre and stuff, I mean, definitely made a difference. Definitely, man. Definitely. Well, I'm glad for Michael Young, for sure. I just, like I said, we've talked about the handbone thing before. I just, I get it. But it's not a great look overall, but you kind of do what you got to do in that situation. Yeah, it, it sounds like there was some politics. I don't know if current ownership and Michael Young see eye to eye on things. Mm. So uh, allegedly, there are some headlines out there that that allege that maybe there had to be some some fences repaired. And are we talking I about for Hamilton or are we talking about for Michael Young? For Michael Young. Really? He works in the front office. I know. Wow. That's where I wonder if it's something that Michael Young did or didn't do, maybe he, it had to do with the fact that he's still in the front office and like they wanted, I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. I'd be interested to know more about that. I, I, I've always known him as a pretty nice guy, but I've met him a couple times before and I just feel like he could kind of be a, a jerk if he wanted to be. Yeah. I think that's fair. Didn't you run into him on an elevator? Yeah, man. It was really funny. Claire and I were at a basketball game. We were at a Mavericks game one night and I forget what happened. I can't remember if like, because I, I I go a lot, and so like I can't remember if I'd been there like two or three nights in a row, and the Mavericks were just getting run out of the gym or something like that. I can't remember what the situation was, but we left, and that's very unlike me. I don't usually leave stuff like that early, but we left, and so I was either tired, hungry, mad, or all of the above. And probably all three. Probably yeah, and I didn't have a podcast event at the time, you know, and all that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so Claire and I were walk into the parking garage and well and so to back up at early at the beginning of the game they had showed michael young up on the screen and you know they they'll a lot of times celebrate famous players from the metroplex that are there whatever and, sure you know celebrating the home team but yeah, i get it and uh so anyway we're walking to the, the parking garage we get in the elevator and I, I i'm sitting there i'm looking down at my phone i wasn't even paying attention and all of a sudden i like claire kind of like tapped me and i looked up and i was like oh it's michael young i was like hey man what's going on and, you know, and I, I, man, like, I try really hard not to be one of those fans. You know, I don't like being the guy that, like, runs up and asks for autographs. That's just not me. And I think that helps us be cool with people like Parker and stuff like that that we can talk to that, you know, like, we're not asking anything of them necessarily too much. I, I just like to, yeah. you know, I, I basically just said, hey, man, like, you know, appreciate everything you, you did for baseball. Like, I respect the hell of you. I'm a Red Sox fan. But, you know, like, I, you know, I like, I like your game and I've, I've loved how you've always approached the game and. He was like, oh, you know, thanks, man. I was like, this is my wife, Claire. You know, I'm just, you know I introduced myself or whatever. And she just, I, I've known her a long time. We've known, we've been together 10 years coming this coming December. And I've never seen her so tongue-tied and just like completely speechless. Like she just lost her shit. She does a podcast every week that people love. But she just, I mean, in front, as soon as she got in front of Michael Young, just lost her damn mind. It was just like blurting out gibberish. It was so totally funny, dude. Get it. Would you have done the same thing? Uh, probably. So truthfully, I'm, I'm really bad at recognizing people when I don't like see them in their normal element. Yeah. Um, I think it stems back to as a kid, like this dude came in to read stories to our class and turns out he was my orthodontist and he was like, don't you recognize me, Ben? And I'm just staring at this stranger like this person says they know me. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, I'm sure it has something like if he's not with a glove on and a number 10 on his back, I'd be like, oh, you're that dude in a polo shirt. Yeah. You know, and like that's that's it. That's but fair. that's that's then again my own sort of uh, own sort of blindness on this. But I get it too. Like it, the out of context thing definitely matters, and um, you know all that. But like it, it's one of those things where if you're not really expecting it either, I can see how yeah. it would kind of. I mean, I see why it threw Claire off guard. I do, but sure. I mean, I'm hoping that maybe your unawareness to this whole thing helps us in the long run. I think I don't see how it could hurt us. Absolutely. I've been unaware of so many things. It's been wonderful. Didn't you like poke Shaq in the belly button or something one time on accident or step <laughs> on his foot or 
something along those no, lines? No, we, we literally ran into each other at the mall. Like I was coming out of a department store and um, like my wife tries to get me to stop, but I didn't, you know, I wasn't paying attention. Like I said, I'm unaware. And I physically collided with Shaquille O'Neal yeah. and I looked to my left and my, you know, I'm 5'11", so I'm not a short dude. But I look over and this guy's chest is just the letter S, like a Superman shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually yeah. wearing a Superman shirt? Absolutely. Excellent. Yeah, so Shaq was wearing a Superman shirt. And then I, I didn't know what to do because I wanted to be like, oh, man, it's Shaq. But also immediately I wanted to bust his chops about his acting career. Yeah. It was not so. great. It's definitely not great. We've talked about that on radio before. It's it's an atrocious acting career. But, but you uh, know what? I, He's I, uh, makes more money than we do so far. That's fair. I would say that uh, if I were to tell that story, it would probably be something along the lines of, you know, me knocking over Shaq and basically be able to take him on one-on-one by knocking into him. That's probably how I would tell that story. Sounds about right. I think, though, too, do you remember the end of the Simpsons movie? They have Tom Hanks reading the thing, and he's like, I'm Tom Hanks reminding you, if you see me on the street, Leave me alone. Leave like, me I think alone. about like that. That's like truly how he feels. So yeah. if I ever was at some cafe and Tom Hanks was there, I'd want to go say hi, uh, but I'd probably just remember what he said in the Simpsons movie and leave him alone. Does that strictly apply to Tom Hanks here, or is that he's the only one that's told me? Okay, that's fair. He has told you specifically. Just me, though. Everyone else. <laughs> he His animated yellow face looked at the television and said, ben. Hey, Ben Baseball. <laughs> Get Mr. out of my grill, yo. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody were to tell you straight on, I feel like you would be him, though. I just, I, I'm nervous, though, because if one baseball player tells you that, I mean, your, your media days are going to be over because you're going to be terrified to talk to people. Absolutely. I already have so much crippling anxiety talking to anyone. It's a good point. You wouldn't know it by looking at you, though. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's all that matters. I hide it well. You do. Well, ba- now that we've broken down your, your psyche a little bit here, baseball things. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I I got to tell you, anxiety is a real piece of shit. But you know yeah. who else is? Who's that? Let's find out next. You want to do the POS corner? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular scheduled programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sambino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, ding, ding. Huge piece of shit. All right, America. Let's talk pieces of shit. Ben, do you want to start Absol- us off? Yeah. Uh, so I want to start off with my baseball-related one. Justin, I don't know if you know this, but the regular fantasy baseball season is over. Are you aware? I am aware because I am in first place in the league, despite I, all the shit that Sam talked all year long. Actually, not all year long. At the beginning of the year, I should say. Yes. Uh, I, I want to say once he got down to about fourth place... Then he started to um, to kind of mellow out a bit, but he still has a few people on his list that shall remain nameless that are still on his list for sure. No and I don't it. mean roster; I mean his his hit list. Okay, POS list. POS. Thank you. POS list. Exactly. Well, anyway, I went to go. I set my lineup, and then I looked at my matchup. And when I looked at it, I get this little emoticon of a trophy, and it says "No playoff matchup this week." same little trophy emoji tap to view playoffs and not only do i not have a thing i didn't even make it into the playoffs sir i am mm. in the consolidation bracket damn what what place were you at the end of it shit consolation bracket i apologize what did you say Cons- I, I said consolidation oh god i heard it as consolation bracket too that's yeah. the worst part about it so i dropped to seventh place in the last week Damn, man. Okay, so let's look at your overall season real quick. Like, just generally, like, you you started off really rough, and then it feels like you kind of got the, sw- the hang of it, right? Yeah, I put it together. Um, the team that then ended up getting me, I think, was the team that was one place ahead of me. Um, they're facing someone in there. 
Okay. So like they made it and that was who I was against the last week of the season. So I had a chance to play in yeah. to like get a tiebreaker, but it just wasn't in the way. cards. You had a good first year, man. It's tough. It's def I mean, it's not over yet technically, but it's it's tough and it's like it's a competitive league as you've seen that's designed to be played and it's one of those things we take a lot of like it's stupid. Nobody likes talking about fantasy because at the end of the day nobody gives a shit who's on my fantasy team versus yours or whatever. We do it anyway just because it's, you know, fun to talk shit to each other. But I, I mean overall, like I think that's the general sentiment of fantasy. Would you would you agree there? Yeah, I had to fight tooth and nail for my eight and thirteen record. I yeah. feel like like I, I still feel proud of it, even though it wasn't necessarily where I wanted it to end up. You should feel proud because this is the first year you've drafted and kind of known how that goes and what matters in this league versus doesn't and all that. That stuff is tough to figure out. And we go through a whole thing of changing rules and whatnot and point scoring and all that every year to kind of understand how that goes. And so part of that is just being on board with it for a while and kind of seeing how it's, you know, progressed. And so it's good first year, man. Uh, I'm a hundred percent happy. You came into the league. I like basically lost four straight and then turned around and only lost one more time. I think to you, it was to me by like four points. And it was when we were in Denver. So, I mean, it definitely added a next, an extra level of complexity to it as you and I are like driving, or excuse me, the plane is in the air and you're just wanting to pay for the Wi-Fi to get your thing to refresh. So you could check your line. I was like trying, I was nervously editing. Cause I was like, I need something to do. I need to see how this is going. I don't know how this is going. I knew that I was going to maybe get close to you, but I really didn't know what was going to happen. And so I turned around and lost that. I still ended up in first place. Feel good about that. Got a first round bye. And we'll see what happens. I think there's a chance, I think, that Sam and I can meet in the playoffs here. Let me see. I hope so. I think that there are very few things that I want as as much as I want that right now. Given that I can't be in there, I want to see y'all play. And I definitely want to see how Jimmy shakes out. Me too. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, James Middleton is quite the individual who I have nothing but the utmost respect for. No doubt about it. Uh, even though the the Mets are in an awful skid here, uh, you know, still much respect to Jimmy for holding on this long. We'll get to that in a little bit. We've got time yeah, here. Absolutely. Well, that's uh, that's a bummer, man. But I still think so. Uh, what was your actual piece of piece of shit here? What are we What are we deeming? Uh, I'm gonna deem the fact that I didn't make the playoffs. So my team is. Yeah, there you go. The the Springfield Isotopes are on the list. They're going to make a comeback, dude. And it's a classic name that that carries over. Yes. I mean, absolutely. Like I thought I thought of Jumbo Don Martinez last year and loved every second of it. And then I went to change it this year and I just couldn't really bring myself to do it. It's one of those all-timers right now and it's brought me a lot of success, so I'm going to keep riding that wave. That's good. Yeah, uh, I definitely had to ditch Man Bear Puig as quickly as possible, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, well, I mean, it was a great name, but it ran its course. You came up with the isotopes, and you went off on an absolute tear at the end. So I, I that's right. Like, I mean, you took down, took me down in first place at that point in time, which knocked me to third right out of the gate. So good stuff, man. I think it was a good, uh, good season for you. Thank you, sir. It was a ton of fun. Well, J Mac, who's on your list before I give you my second one? Okay, so my list. I've been thinking about this all week, and as you know, I've really struggled to come up with one for some reason, and sometimes that happens with this. And it's this is going to actually tie into a bigger story we're going to talk about here in a minute, because the Royals were sold uh, within the last couple of days. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my deposit to clear. Uh, yeah, I, I know. It's a whole thing. Uh, but my POS of the week is going to be MLB owners in general. And Excellent. Tell me more. We're going to talk about the. I don't. So it's a. I, I want to kind of go tent poles here, but we haven't heard a bunch about this yet. But basically, the Royals just sold for a billion dollars with a B, billion. And the reason that I put MLB owners in the POS is a reason that we've talked a lot about already, and it's the re, the issue of not spending money on teams, and basically pouring money into your pockets instead of onto your roster. And I just don't understand why teams are so... Well, I do understand why. Owners will be so quick to say, oh, we're bad. Let's let's pack it in and, and not try and not spend anything for the rest of the season. Hopefully, we'll come back next year. But like teams like the Phillies should not have any problem writing... Or the Phillies did it, but let's call it the Nationals. Shouldn't have any problem writing whatever fucking check 
needs to be written for Bryce Harper to be there, for example, or whoever it is necessarily. Right. They should well, write that check. The, Look what the Angels the, just did. Gladly wrote the check because they understand that's the cost of doing business, and that ultimately makes your asset more valuable. No, I, I agree completely, and especially because there are different, you know, like it's not necessarily like football where, hey, you have X amount of money to spend this year, and that's it. Right. There's no cap whatsoever. And the fact that the the Nationals went I, – I keep going back to the Bryce Harper thing because that was the biggest thing that happened recently Yeah. Uh, other than – Verlander being traded, things like that. But overall, that was the most recent big free agency signing that was so anticipated. I mean, we thought he was going to make, what, $300 million, $400 million? Yeah. And he got 13 years, almost, like, it was like 350 something like that. I mean, a lot of fucking money. Yeah, him and him and Trout together, I think, got a three quarters of a billion dollars yeah. between both of them. That makes total sense. And, I mean, that's... That's what I'm talking about with the Angels. I don't give them a lot of credit for a lot, but they understand that that's the price of doing business. And you think about the the marketing aspect of that alone, f- selling the, all the Bryce Harper jerseys you're going to sell or mm-hmm. whoever it is. I mean, the Trout jerseys, all that. I mean, that stuff matters to teams. And when teams are selling for a billion dollars, you can't possibly convince me otherwise that it's not worth dumping money into your payroll. Absolutely. I so, mean, I, I don't necessarily know what their balance sheet looks like. And it would be foolish of me to sit here and to say that I understand their ins and outflows yeah. of cash. But that's a substantial asset that has a large propensity of making you more money. Correct. It's all worth money. Like that's the it, you're paying for a brand at the end of the day is all you're paying for. But it's a very powerful brand, no matter what it is. We're right. going to talk. It's not you. It's not that you've thrown all of your money into Desert Storm trading cards. Correct, or Pogs. Hey, those are going to make a comeback, and you're going to be really upset that I bought all of yours from you. I was actually listening back to the most uh, recent episode of Sensible Loud Radio this week, and it was the one we did in Denver with The Simpsons, where we broke down you and Jimmy's favorite uh, Simpsons characters. Awesome. A great episode. If you're a fan of The Simpsons, you got to listen to it. It was Oh, for sure. You you two were electric the the entire time. I was dying at listening to it at points. Uh, but whenever we got into talking about Steve Allen Pogs and stuff, whenever we were talking about Millhouse, I was just losing it. And I was like, this is unbelievable that we're talking about Pogs here. And this is the second time it's come up in a week on a show. That's awesome. That's how you do it, man. That's yeah. how you roll. Those Pogs are making a comeback, let me tell you. I know it. Well, we're going to get into more about the, the Major League sale of or just teams that have been sold recently and the kind of value that has exploded in baseball it's going to blow your mind when we start talking about some of these because i lined a few of these up we'll, we'll get into them in a minute all right let's finish your last pos my last pos is my dog sherman <sighs> all right Look at that. You're already, you're already getting ready. You, you think I'm such a terrible dog owner. I know you're a terrible dog owner. You let it sleep on our office couch when he got sprayed by a skunk. Okay, so let me, let me set this scene for you, okay? Please, I'm intrigued. All right, I'm making tacos. <laughs> Just, don't mark as, that. Stop marking would, that. As you would. So I'm making tacos. The kids are like, we're calling them in. Sherman barks for me to let him in. My wife is dishing up her dinner right now. I open up the door. He runs his little cute self inside. And I look down and it looks like he's gotten sick on like our little concrete patio thing by the back door. Mm-hmm. Took me a minute to kind of place what it is. What do you think I was looking at, Justin? Some sort of lizard. No, sir. I was looking at the top third of a rabbit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Gross. We're talking head, shoulders, and both front legs severed at my back door. Holy God. What'd you do with it? This wasn't at the office, was it? This was at home? This was at home. That's okay, the thing. Good. Like, I immediately was like, oh, God. Like, it took me a minute to place what it was because you, you, don't, you don't expect that when you open the back door. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't expect that when I open the back door. Was it exactly a third? I didn't have the rest of it for which to measure. It's fair. It's fair. Felt like it was I'm, worth asking for accuracy purposes. It's a bloody estimate, Justin. 
Okay, so, so, anyway. so bloody third of a rabbit, what ha- what'd you do with said rabbit? Okay, so first... Um, Did, wait, he, okay, no, go ahead, sorry. So first, I bring the dog inside, and um, my wife's like, oh my god, what is it? Was it a snake? Because she saw a big snake out there, or like, did he get sick or something? And our kids, like, when we drive by, I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, they always are looking for this rabbit that lives, uh, nay, lived in oh. our backyard. <laughs> oh, no. And so I, I oh, like, no. have to tell the family, but, like, I have to do it in a way that doesn't get the kids to just run to the back door. And so I just said, hey, Steph, the, the rabbit's not alive anymore. And in which case, my kids, they immediately go tell their grandparents. And I take the dog because I have to go wash all the blood out of his fucking mouth. <laughs> Like, cause he's a white dog, so he has these red patches on his cheeks. Unbelievable. Yep. Absolutely unbelievable. So he killed Peter Cottontail. Yeah. And you had to tell the family about it. That's the worst part. This wasn't like a pet rabbit. This was a wild rabbit, right? Yes. Uh, and then so I put my boots on and I went out there with my father-in-law because we wanted to find the rest of it. Sure. Naturally. Yeah. And why did he choose it. the top third to take? Why did he take the whole thing? First off, I have two theories on this. Okay. One. If he caught it, I think he recognized me as his like master and was bringing me like as a sacrifice. Oh, that's definitely. Yep. That's almost certainly what's probably happening there in some way. Or the more likely scenario, because not to get a little graphic, but I don't necessarily know that he would like chew through the spinal cord of this mammal. Mm hmm. I'm thinking maybe like a hawk or an eagle had Did swooped that. it up and dropped part of it, and then Sherman picked it up and brought it to the door. And because, took credit for it. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he put his name on the eagle's homework and tried turning it in as his own. Basically, that's what happened here. No, so he... Um, that's what I think happened is that he picked it up and found it because he only had blood on his mouth area. It wasn't like on his paws or... And then I went outside with him to see if he would lead me back to it. And the only other thing would be maybe he like has it under the shed or something. May I propose a, a third alternative theory? Please. That's why I'm on here. Okay. Do we know that we don't have some sort of like Godfather type situation going on here where he was planning on putting it in your bed to teach you a lesson for being just a terrible dog owner in general? Well, either that or it was shortly after I got a text saying that Sam wasn't going to be here. So what if someone is sending us a message and my dog just happened to be in the way? He happened to be the mess- the, the messenger, basically. Right. He's. Uh... I don't know. I wouldn't rule out any of those theories. I think they're all very good theories. I would be willing to lean towards the second one, though. Yeah. Sherman's over there in a three-piece suit saying, take the gun and leave. Or- grab the gun and take the cannolis or whatever yeah exactly i mean it's one of those things where we'll never exactly know you know i mean (laughs) it's just one of those things you can't find out for sure but i think we're safe to speculate the way we have yeah i think i think we're uh you know it's it's gonna be anything else when we just be splitting hairs yeah all right (laughs) all right with that we'll end the segment then good it's good stuff it's awesome thank you i appreciate that i I feel that we we can be really good um really good stewards of wildlife speaking of wildlife you know what's a really great way to learn more about nature and animals what's that we're talking about books i don't know about you if you knew this but i did Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com SLM. There, you can browse the unmatched selection of audio programs, download a title for free, and start listening today. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com SLM and get started now. I, think, I hear that Josh is potentially working on a bear book to get on audible so you know we're already sponsored up with them or partnered up with them so i'm hoping josh's bear tips can make it on audible somehow i, ha- yeah, I need those in my life in a written in a, a written but read to me form i read the manuscript of it and i was expecting it to be about bear wilderness survival trips uh survival tips no it was just artistic nude sketches of josh yikes it's terrifying it's terrifying all right um 
let's break down a little bit about where the playoffs are, right? As we stand, as we head into September, we're on the second day of September here. And this is the last year. Speaking of that last year of September call-ups. Really? Yep. They'll expand the rosters to, they expand about to 50, something like that. And that not, maybe not that many, but they can carry a lot more players. I can't remember exactly how, how much they expand out. I feel like I've read so much about how they're going to, not expand them, but I forget what they actually expand to now. But that this will be the last year of that, so you won't see these guys coming up for September call-ups and trying out different things and getting at-bats and whatnot from the minors whenever the minor league season's over. So, No, I get it. I get it. Any notable call-ups that you're aware of, or at this juncture, is it still pretty up in the air? The biggest one I saw is that the Dodgers called up their top prospect, Grant Lux, today. and Or Gavin Lux, excuse me. And uh, he's a shortstop, supposed to be absolutely fantastic. And uh, it'll, I mean, I guess this will be kind of the reaction to, uh, you know, Max Muzzy being hurt and stuff like that. It's one of those things you got to go with the hot hand. The Dodgers are really damn good, and you might as well add this guy, see how it goes, and hopefully get him a little bit of time, and maybe he starts with the big club next year. No, I agree. Um, and that's the one thing that the Dodgers don't need is more freaking talent. God, more power either. They have so many freaking runs. And I mean, they they're the first or they're 89 wins right now. They have a run differential of plus 217. That's insane. Yeah. I was looking at some of their uh, splits at home. They're 52 and 18. Wow. They don't lose at home ever that's crazy that's ridiculous yeah so i mean you have a lot of that kind of stuff happening but that's going to kind of go by the wayside as we keep going this will be the last year of it so you know it's it's pretty nuts time of year but i think we're so how are you feeling about the playoff picture how do things look right now run it down for the good people before we, we start yeah absolutely so in the al it's pretty well decided there's only one kind of shakeup that could potentially happen because i tell you what J-Mac, are you willing to say that Boston is not going to make the playoffs? They're only five g- games out of the wild card right now with a month to play. I'm not going to say they're out, out, but this goose is pretty much cooked. Okay. So if the season ended right now, we would have Houston from the West, the Yankees from the East, and the Twins from the Central. So feeling pretty good about those. The two wild cards, uh, Tampa has the first spot. Cleveland has the second spot and Oakland is just a half game out. So Oakland would be on the outside looking in. But I mean, if I'm Oakland, I'd be feeling pretty good right now because aside from Houston, the rest of the AL West is garbage. So they should be able to get some easier wins against the Angels and Texas to at least kind of pad their roster up a bit. I really thought that you were going to say that the A's are going to be okay because they have Matt Harvey now. No, I wasn't going to say that. (laughs) Just Sam. Just Sam. <laughs> Just Sam. Okay. Just Sam. Just checking no, in. Um, so no, that's, that's a good point, though. So unless the only other team that could theoretically make a run would be Boston. The reason that I like Oakland's chances a little better than Boston is just because Oakland is second in the division, whereas Boston is in the middle of the division. So yeah. Boston still likely has games against Tampa or New York, whereas Oakland only has to play against you know Houston theoretically more often. It definitely helps that Boston got David Price back this week. Yeah, for sure. Definitely helps. But I think even still so with Chris Sale being out for the rest of the year, I just it's even if they make it to the playoffs, they're limping in and this will be that'll be it. So. So that's how the AL is feeling. Do you want to talk AL? Do you want me to run down the NL first? I mean, is there any other notable things that have happened in the AL that have caught you by surprise? I mean. I think Minnesota kind of picking things up in the second half a little bit and really trying to make sure they stay ahead of Cleveland has been good. I still think that they're going to struggle in a seven-game set against one of these teams like Cleveland or the Astros. I agree. I think that Minnesota, if you're a Twins baseball fan, you have a lot to be proud of this season. They have done a ton, and I think that they have it in their marks to make it to the ALCS. I don't see them making it to the World Series. I think they would have way too hard of a time getting past New York or Houston. And if they did that, they'd still have to beat the Dodgers. And that, to me, feels like a tall drink of water. It's definitely a tough task, that's for sure. So, like, about about the Twins, negative. That's just to say it kind of feels like they're one weight class below. 
the Yankees, Houston, or uh, the Dodgers. I've been saying it all year. They're just not quite there yet. They're going to get there, though, I think. They've got a lot of young talent. It just sucks that they've got a lot of kind of aging talent that's playing really well right now or has played okay. well all year. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to watch them go forward. And, yeah, I don't really think anything else surprises me here. Cool. So let's go ahead and talk National League now. So right now, if the season ended, we would have St. Louis out of the Central, the Dodgers, easily the best record in the NL out of the West, and Atlanta would take the East. So those would be the three division winners. And then the wildcard teams, it's a little closer. You have Washington in the first spot. You have the Cubs in the second spot. And then on the outside looking in, teams with five games or less of a differential, you have Phillies at two and a half out, Milwaukee at three and a half out, Arizona also at three and a half out, and the Mets at four out. What do you think? I I think the biggest thing that surprises me, honestly, and how consistently good they've been is St. Louis. I mean, they're 17 games over 500, which is, I think, better than people thought they'd be. With a plus 69 run differential, they're not beating any team that comes out of the AL with that kind of run differential. They're just not. The pitching's not good enough in that case. I would take easily um, the Dodgers, but even Atlanta over them. Oh, easily. They're by far a distant third for me here. I think that the Mets have played themselves out like we thought they would. I mean, that's almost... I, I was looking at the numbers the other day, and Francesa was actually talking about this a little bit, that they have... I mean, he's going to always be the pessimist guy, but they've all but played themselves out as far as... I think they have to, like, be... They have to win almost every series in September to make it, given Which how their seems, schedule shakes out. Give, that sounds really hard to do, considering that, you know... Who else is in there? They have the Phillies. They have Atlanta. Like right. that's it's a pretty strong East. Yeah, the Atlanta team is a lot better than I thought they were going to be. I said at the beginning of the year, I'm looking for them to take steps forward as a unit, and that's been the biggest thing that they needed to do overall. They didn't. They added some things like the addition of Dallas Keuchel, making all the right trades at the deadline. All of that stuff matters and help fill holes and strengthen things up. Reminds me very much of what Chicago did when they won it back in 2016, 16, 17. Uh, the Cubbies, I think, was, was 16. 16 yeah. yeah, and Astros were 17 because that was the hurricane year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's very much akin to that. They made the right moves there. I just don't really see a whole lot of teams other than the Dodgers giving them a run for their money. I really don't. Well, I think that in past years and it, it's good that one of our hosts lives in Atlanta. So when he gets back on the pod, we're going to have to really pick his brain about what's going on in, uh, in baseball there in Atlanta. But also I'm interested to see how your trip goes just based on some of the observations that you make. Yeah. But my, my point is this last year when we were going through this, we kept looking at Atlanta and feeling that they're a young team. It's just not their year yet. Correct. And so it seems like, that prophecy has kind of come through and they're now really sort of hitting at their weight. You know what yeah. I mean? They're and definitely bringing it in a matter that they were a little, little too immature to bring last year, but this year it definitely sounds like uh, they've grown into their shoes for sure. No doubt. And I mean, guys like Ozzy Albies and Acuna, Dansby Swanson, all those guys are having good years. That helps. And that's, that matters here. And I think their expectation, I think a lot of people slept on them to be honest because of Bryce Harper, Staying within the division, I don't think that a lot of people thought that was actually going to happen. And I think they are also a benefit of the fact that the Phillies are just kind of dysfunctional and bad. I mean, there's a chance that that, that rebuild just didn't work and just is not going to take. The good news right. there is the fact that they have 13, 12 more years of Bryce Harper to build around. So, I mean, <laughs> you could burn it down twice if you needed to. Dude, that's ridiculous. It's wild, isn't it? So, I mean, there's a, uh, there's a chance it didn't really work, and that stinks. I I always think that's really interesting, and, and I don't even know if it's necessarily a team's fault type of thing. Like sometimes there's just nothing you can do about that. It just didn't go well, and that could be the case here. I mean, they're gonna have to get rid of Gabe Kapler. I can't imagine he has a job at the end of the season. I've been so shitting on him since day. One. I don't think he's gonna be a head coach anywhere. I've been shitting on him since pretty much day one of this podcast, and I still think that he's unqualified to be running a major league team. And it's nearly two seasons later. It's crazy. And I just think that you're really going to see that or you're really seeing that this year with 
the addition of an absolute superstar who's raking, and it still doesn't necessarily matter for them. I mean, they've got a negative eight-run differential, so their pitching is horrible. Yeah, it's not like Harper's had a bad year he's that we a, can blame this on him. I mean, he's still the best darn player on the club. Yeah, no, exactly. He's had a great year, and he's really picked it up. We keep talking about this dinosaur of a hitting coach that they hired, but he's really picked it up since he's been with them. So he's coachable, and it seems like the rest of the guys kind of want to follow Bryce Harper, which you can't really blame him for that. So what gets in the way here? Bad pitching, and more than likely in a lot of situations that we've seen, Roster mismanagement, and that's a problem, and it doesn't go away, and you don't typically really get better at that stuff. You do, but you don't. Yeah, it's it's. there are some things you can overcome. Uh, that's one of the harder hurdles to overcome. And to be fair, like a lot of the, ga- the gambles that they've taken have not paid off. Like this Jake Arrieta thing is a nightmare for this team. Dude, for sure. You know, and the fact that he's hurt on me, he went on the 60-day IL back in, begin, uh, no, like just a couple weeks ago. And, I mean, that's going to put him out for probably, uh, let's see, he just had a bone spur removed. So he'll be back probably by next year. But still, I mean, if they're looking to give Atlanta a run for their money somewhere here, that's not going to help, man. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about Atlanta here for a minute, go back to it, because given the growth that the team has done since last year do you think they've put enough together to where they could overtake the Dodgers or do you think that the National League belongs to Los Angeles this year I said it back in June and I I'm pretty sure that it was my prediction I know we just talked about it, but I already forgot what my prediction was coming out of the NL but I really thought that the Dodgers are going to take the NL no matter what happens here Mm-hmm. And you just got to think in a seven-game set, the experience matters a little bit more. And, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to make that argument, though. It's not like Atlanta didn't make the playoffs. You know, like, I don't know. It's not like you're just beating up on, on like, a, a low-level team. I mean, they did right. really good. What's their head-to-head record? Let me look that up. Keep going. Yeah, while, while you're looking that up, I mean, here's what it would take for me. I think it's doable, but unlikely. I think the Dodgers have more experience. They have a little bit more built out of a roster. However, I think that if Los Angeles gets a lazy because they think that they're entitled to go, I could see Atlanta, especially if they're hot, kind of sneaking up on them. Dodgers getting two games behind and then being like, what the heck just happened? We have to wake up or, or we, we lose this darn thing. And Atlanta have, have sort of put in, uh, put in enough distance between them. That would be the type of scenario where I would see Atlanta yeah. overtaking Los Angeles. It would have to be like uh, they catch them on an off night. They've got to get ahead early. Is all the, no matter what happens, that this is going to be a fun, uh, just championship series in the NL side. It's going to be cool in the AL as well, but I think it's going to be a lot less surprising than people think. I mean, Justin Verlander just threw a perfect game yesterday, or a no hitter. Excuse me. Yeah, but still, I mean, that that's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, all I'm saying is, like, Houston's going to be primed to go in there and take the fuck over. So, I mean, it's really hard to pick against that. But I think the NL is going to be really fascinating because it's going to be really competitive. Absolutely. And you have a lot of scrappy teams that have, they've been fighting this whole year. You know, the distance between St. Louis and the Cubs is only three games. That's crazy. That so really like, is insane. So, yeah, it's just it makes me think that anyone that comes out of the West, um, they've really had to had to put pen to paper aside from the Dodgers. True. Uh, Atlanta is two and four against against the Dodgers, by the way. OK, they've scored 19 runs on the Dodgers and allowed 37. Mm. That's a pretty big discrepancy. That's not a good look. No, it's not awesome. So, I mean, with a 33 per- uh, winning percentage uh, win loss percentage right there excuse me i mean you're looking at a tough time it's going to be tough to get by that i think so we'll see man but it's i think a lot has to fall for atlanta's you know for atlanta to stack up that way but i think that could definitely happen here it would be devastating for the dodgers to lose two in a row though oh my god this would be the third in a row oh that's true yeah to make it that's who houston beat yeah because they may not even make it in that case so wild to watch it's been a hell of a season so far man but yeah man so to get to this whole (laughs) Royals thing and the fact that they just sold for a billion dollars we talked about this in the POS quarter a little bit a a little while ago but 
I mean, what are your thoughts on a sports tr- franchise selling for a billion dollars, first of all? Well, so you remember the uh, the Facebook movie with um, Eisenberg and all that? And yeah, of course. Justin Timberlake. There's a quote from that where Justin Timberlake says, and I think he's playing Sean Parker, the guy from Napster, and he goes, uh, you know what's even cooler than a million dollars? And the answer is, of course, a billion dollars. Correct. And so I think about the growth of these teams over time. I feel like it was just a few years ago where only a few franchises, not even baseball teams, but franchises were worth billions of dollars where it was like the Yankees, the Dallas Cowboys and Manchester United. Like those were the teams with a B, the B billions. But now the Kansas city Royals, I mean, what in the heck? Well, I, so I, I think it's a couple things here with them specifically. I think the world series win definitely helped add to their credibility. Sure. I don't think it's the worst place in the world to play. I've never really, I mean, <laughs> how could you complain with George Brett in the front office? I mean, that guy might be my baseball hero. <laughs> Actually, I He's, almost know he is. <laughs> he was having some shrimp at the Bellagio. That's right. If you haven't seen the George Brett video of, from spring training, go go put, find that on YouTube. It's fantastic. That's all you have to Google, and you will get it, you and will you get, will not be disappointed. No, not by any stretch of the imagination. But I was I started looking into what teams have sold for in the past and what this is looking like. And I wanted to run a couple of these values by you. And I'm going to use some parameters here. I'm going to use 2000. I'm going to use basically go 1998 to 2018. Is that okay. fair? Sounds fair. Uh, a very easy span to look at. The first team that I saw that sold in 1998 was the Dodgers that included Dodger Stadium, the team spring training complex, and their spring training complex down in the Dominican, and their double-A affiliate club, the, Ver- the Vero Beach Dodgers, $311 million. That's it? That's it, 1998. Oh, man, can I have a time machine and $300 million? No kidding. The Rangers in 1998 sold with 43 acres of land and the option to buy an additional 227 acres, which I'm assuming they turned into this new ballpark, for $250 million. That's it? Just a quarter of a billion? Quarter of a B. I imagine I'd be interested to know what their value is today, but I'm sure that it's a lot more than a quarter of a billion dollars. I have an estimate for that, actually. Tell me. Uh, so Axios pulled up a thing where it's the change in values from 09 to 19. Okay. And it's showing the Rangers from 2009 to 2019 went from $480 million value to $1.7 billion I believe in value. It. Yeah, I believe it. Because it's understanding the marketing and understanding how to... It's branding. It's all branding. That's what it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Um, some other ones that stuck out to me. The Cincinnati Reds sold in 1999. Do you care to take a guess on what they sold for? Uh, Cincinnati's been around a lot longer than the Rangers. If the Rangers were 250, maybe 300? 67 million. What? Small market team. Small but market team. still. Still. I know. I, I, yeah, I know. That's just the team as well. Keep in mind the real estate and all that with the Raiders. But oh yeah, yeah but true, true. E- even so, this I mean the same year the Expos sold to Jeff Loria, who is actually a very commonality in a lot of these. Used to own the Red Sox. He was the one that wanted to uh, to build a new ballpark, and everybody was like, "Uh, fuck you." How about that? Is pretty much how that worked out. Um, that was a direct quote too from, <laughs> the, from the Boston Globe. Straight from Boston. Yeah, exactly. No, definitely not from the fucking Globe, but. Uh, from Boston alike, I think that's that's pretty common. <laughs> uh, the Expos sold that year for $48 million. What a sad, sad state of affairs. Isn't that wild, though? Like, this is, we're talking about, like, 20 years ago. Million dollars ain't what it used to be. It's true. The uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. And let's look in, like, the mid-2000s. Okay, so the Diamondbacks sold in 2004. To, for 160 million. Okay. In 2004, also, uh, so what do we say the they paid for the Dodgers with all that stuff? 311 million, right? Yeah. Okay. So they sold. That was in 1998. They sold again in. Two thousand four, for okay. 430 million. Oh my God! Now so someone. In like ten years, turned a hundred mil easy. Now I will, yeah, correct. But I will say that that was you may remember this whole thing where so that was whenever Frank McCourt bought them, 
Mm-hmm. And so the end of that era was when Magic and the Guggenheim group bought them. Oh. And that was due to a messy divorce that Frank McCourt was going through. His wife wanted control of the team and all this stuff. And oh, he had man. mortgaged out the payroll. Baseball basically took over the team again. We're going to talk about this in the offseason because it's a fascinating story. You may not really remember how it all went down because it went down in a little bit of a vacuum and not a lot of people heard about it. But like the way that Magic Group came in to buy that, that thing was very last second type of thing so we're going to talk about that in the off season anytime you have those those sort of deals like that like uh i think there was a big one with the clippers right yep in 2013 yeah oh my god like some of these behind the scenes stories of what's going on with these ownership groups just absolutely riveting television it is in 2012 so that due to the whole divorce and everything um frank mccourt sold the team so he paid 450 million right Mm mm-hmm Sold it for two point one five billion. Oh, and that and he and he was forced to sell the team. So theoretically, the asset could have been more worth even more than that. He was just having to take that offer. But two point one five billion is a lot of money. Oh yes, it is. It's a lot of money. Um, the Padres they had a minority stake. Uh, well, so it was the Padres and then a minority stake in their Fox uh, Sports San Diego sold for eight hundred million in twenty twelve as well. So like. Around that this time is when you're really starting to see the value creep up. It's probably from your mid two thousands to your like mid two thousand teens. I would say, right? Well, what do you think that can be attributed to? I think that it's a lot of things. It's one how media is used, and people are understanding how to how to market to younger people. And we don't give baseball a lot of credit for that, but I think teams do a really good job of that. Okay, and, and, and yeah. like what we have to remember is like we talk we shit on MLB a lot, but like. MLB is just like the NFL or NHL or anything else where they're really there just to serve the owners. They really are. Like, that's the whole reason it's there. So, like, whatever the owners say is whatever's going to happen at the end of the day. And you have Rob Manfred who makes these decisions, quote unquote, but I mean, it's not like he's got ownership going against him. Right. You know, he's, he's representing the owners. Correct. And so, like, you have to remember that, like, at the end of the day, it's on these teams, like the Rangers are a great example of understanding how to market themselves and whenever their play captures lightning in a bottle, how do you capitalize on that? Don't think that... I mean, you brought this up last episode and I thought it was really uh, an interesting callback was the antlers thing and the... Uh, what was the other thing that they would do whenever... The claw and the antler. The claw and the antler, right. Uh, a really cool thing. Think about how much merchandise that sold. Think about how many Dude. of those shirts you saw with that damn claw on it or you know the antlers. I mean, so many. And that's where your dollars and cents are really flowing into this. Yeah. And and despite the fact that and, and, and like it's crazy to think that despite the fact that MLB controls all the the social media marketing arm with their with BAM, like think about the, if they took those restrictions off. I mean, look at what basketball's done. If you want a really interesting case study, people should go back and check out what basketball's done the last 15 years, the NBA specifically to just basically let everybody share out their stuff and let it let the product build itself because that's what it'll do but MLB doesn't want to do that but to team's credit it seems like they're definitely understanding when to capitalize on this stuff yeah so it's like the teams are able to make money but not maybe not the players and that's kind of a disservice to them well right and and like we talked about this before a lot but like you've got these owners that are like well it's worth 2 billion now I don't give a shit what it's going to be worth in 10, 10, 15 years. I'm going to be dead or it's not going to be mine or, you know, whatever it is. Like, I get where owners are coming from in that sense, but, like, it really shortchanges the sport. And I, we talk about all of this really to bring up one very specific point, and it's that the sport is worth a lot of money. It's a good product, and I feel like the people running it don't necessarily always understand it. But when teams are being sold for a straight-up billion, when, when I should say this, when the Kansas City Royals, a smaller market team, are being sold for a B, you're really looking at major money to be made no matter what the franchise is. Well, and then I wonder, though, if, yes, it's worth that billion now, that, that team, for example. Sure. Are they going to see the same type of growth that you're getting in the NBA by letting people do their own capitalizing and merchandising and stuff and enabling these players to become bigger names. Because we've talked about it, how Major League effectively is holding back Mike Trout from becoming a household name outside of baseball circles. I don't know that, so, I don't know that he's, uh, hold, they're holding him back, but they're not helping him. 
which well, is right, but, the same thing the same thing but also a little bit different but because they're not helping him they're then keeping their sport from being from big to huge Correct. or from good to great Correct. you know what i mean and if that 10 15 20 years from now isn't going to come back and bite them because you will always have subsets of dorks like you and i who are going to follow this game regardless but if you're not getting young people interested and involved and you know consuming this on the platforms in which it needs to be consumed you know you're going to become irrelevant exactly if i can't get it on my smartphone anytime i want it however i want it i'm going to find something else that i can Right, and I think a great, if you want to look at a great example of this, look at what happened to boxing. Boxing was enormous in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. It was the biggest sport known to man, and it wasn't even close. And it's borderline irrelevant now. It's crazy. There's still a lot of money there, I don't, you know, and not to shit on boxing or anything, but it used to be a mega sport. I mean, is that, would you agree with that? Yeah, in the 40s, the two biggest sports in America were baseball and boxing. Right, and one has gone completely irrelevant. And if MLB doesn't play this right, they really hamstring themselves, and it gets harder and harder to grow. If you lose market share, which they're clearly losing market share, like Mm -hmm. it's obvious in some of the ratings in these smaller markets. That's something we should talk about too at some point. But the ratings in these smaller markets and stuff for like, you know, like Fox Sports Southwest, where we could watch the Rangers or Nesson or whatever, you know, the Yes Network, all that, all the ratings are down. And people right. aren't tuning in, stopping down for 162 games in a season. And I get that part of it. But I mean, people just aren't stopping down at all. And that is what should scare Major League Baseball, especially when teams are selling for a B, for a B billion. Because what, and I keep harping on that because the reason it's important is you create a value bubble here. And if they're not careful, it'll all burst. And it won't be pretty when it does. And it could very well be the end of organized baseball as we know it. Well, right. And then it's a matter of, for example, baseball is no longer just competing with other sports. So, yes, they have to worry about the growth of MLB as it comes to market or the emergence of Major League Soccer. But what they're not necessarily counting in on is just how how many other ways we as a consumer are diverting our attention. Correct. You know, maybe it's podcasts. You know, yeah. why should I spend $40 on a baseball ticket, $20 to park when I can listen to great context, contest, content like this for free, right. you know? And, and that's not to say that our business model is meant to undermine that of Major League Baseball because eh, no way. A little bit. But what, I'm, but what I'm saying is there are so many other mediums for which media can be consumed and by making yours that much harder to attain is doing yourself a disservice. Right. And and further than that, I mean, just from a simple dollars and cents standpoint, why would you want to stop me from, you know, me being myself as a host of a baseball show from tweeting out clips during the playoffs of your sport that makes it look awesome, that wows me, that I think my followers that follow me because they like the content I put out would like? Why would you possibly want to stop that? Right. It just doesn't make sense other than it's one of those things that probably made sense 10 years ago, but it doesn't make sense now. And I mean, the fact that I got a DMC or DCMA from from Major League Baseball during the playoffs last year when my favorite team was in it. And I, I, you know, I've talked about this at nausea, but it's crazy to me that I had to get an attorney involved to help get this thing resolved. That's crazy that Major League Baseball is not taking free publicity, free promotion of me saying, look at this fucking superstar in Mookie Betts. It's crazy, man. And I just don't understand it when teams are selling for a billion dollars, small market teams are selling for a billion dollars. It creates a bubble. And like that value is perceived value, but that doesn't mean it's always valuable. Yeah, no, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So we definitely want to thank everyone for tuning in. We're definitely happy to have you here. It's been 81 episodes. Can you believe that? I can't. If you like what you, what's that? I was going to say, I can't believe it. I thought you were looking for me there. Go ahead. No, it's been great. I cannot believe it. It's been absolutely wonderful so far. And we got plenty more 
uh, good news left in the hopper here for you. So if you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out at sensiblyloud.com. Plus, we have a slew of other podcasts from Just Peachy to On the Break, Sensibly Loud Radio, and don't forget Perpetually Correct. We have all sorts of amazing shows right here for you that you're welcome to consume. And check us out on social media. We are all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. So once again, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, because that really helps us out. And thank you so much for listening. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 81 of the Outfielder Podcast. We would like to thank our, all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive. And we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. They're just not writing the checks.